Welcome, everybody, to episode 16 of the Moneyline Madness podcast. I'm Andrew Bricotta. I'm here with Matt. I'm here with Steve. How you guys doing? I'm feeling good, man. Weather's getting a little bit warmer. Not much, but a little bit. And I'm ready to play some baseball. Steve, what are you up to today? How are we feeling? Honestly, looking out my window right now, shitty day outside. So waiting for that warm weather to really come around and the spring to take off. But I'm excited for opening day here in baseball. Excited for my Phillies to take the field. Also excited to talk some Masters and a little bit of NBA before we wrap up the episode. So, But I know... Andy is really chomping at the bit to to get talking about some opening day baseball here. So you want to take us away, Andy? Absolutely. I look out the window and I'm kind of disgusted with what I see. I, I see I see rain. I see fog. 100%. What I want to see is some nice cut grass, the sun beating on it, and see some fans in the stands, see some baseball, right? I want to see the Mets. I want to see the Yankees, even though I hate them. I don't want to watch the Phillies. I just want to watch baseball. It's opening day. This is my favorite day of the year. As you, you guys can tell you guys, it's a podcast, so they can't see me, but I'm pretty decked out. I'm pretty excited for this. And, uh, I'm ready to talk baseball with you guys. Uh, we've been talking a lot of basketball lately. We're going to talk about that because it's getting to the playoffs and that's an exciting time, but baseball really owns today in sports. And I love that. We get one day a year to make some money. Hell yeah. Let's yeah. help everybody. So how do you guys want to get this started? Well, you know I f- wanted to come to you and see what you thought, can, you know, just if you were just a basic person, an everyday person looking to bet on baseball, where would you start square one? So the first thing I look at, I look at who's pitching in the game and I go to the strikeouts because strikeouts are such a massive part of baseball that you can either go over under, obviously do over under on strikeouts. And when you do that, that's the easiest bet because you can tell like, hey, oh, this oh Shane Bieber's pitching today. Oh, he's he strikes out a lot of guys. I can go over on his if it's like seven or seven and a half. And if it's a bad pitcher, I immediately go to home runs <laughs> because home runs are so big in baseball as well. So there's the two hit a home run. There's always odds on that as well. And hits. If you're looking at just the game, I always bet the spread because minus one and a half is a two run game. And. One run games don't happen as often as they used to. So I would go to like a minus one and a half is always the spread. I would bet that it's basically just picking who you think is going to win the game. So that's where I go for baseball. All right. I I agree with that. I was looking mainly also at like who's pitching for the other team. How say we got the Brewers and the Cubs going up today. Say how, you know, the Brewers fare against left-handed pitching and things like that and who they have in the lineup if they do have a stack of all righties or if they're mixing it up with a few lefties here and there. So one thing that I noticed was pretty consistent and I like to bet on because I felt, you know, me and my cheeky bets, uh, I'm always trying to sneak in the easiest cash I can. And so basically one thing I really liked was the over under for runs in the innings. And that seems like pretty free. I mean, I oh, yeah. not many times, especially I, I know with the Yankees, like not many times do the Yankees come out and put up runs in the first inning. So I yeah. like you go in and you press under 0.5 runs in the first inning. You could that's free cash in most yeah. games. I feel like more often than not, you could probably bet that. And like every single time, I mean, like for every game, you could probably bet that. And more often than not, you're going to hit, I feel like. 
Yeah, it depends on the pitchers. Pitchers yeah. are always important to me. They're the most important thing. So, Steve, what do you look at when you? I mean, I think that you guys all pose some good points, but ultimately it's opening day. So that previous history, I mean, yeah, you could go back previous years. You could look at last year's statistics, but to get a real read on what these guys and teams are going to come out looking like, it's kind of almost tough to really pinpoint. So like certainly the spreads, because like you alluded to Andy, like a two run win, like you're pretty much just picking the winner at that point. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Excuse me. <clears throat> rare that games really are decided by one run anymore, just because of the kind of the way that the, the game is geared towards big bats as opposed to pitching. So, I mean, ultimately, like I'm, for instance, I'm looking at this Brewers and Chicago Cubs game. I really like the home run slash match winner play. Like I'm looking at Christian Yelich and a Milwaukee Brewers win at plus 500. I think that like you're going to get a lot of value combining those like home run props with a does winner. That, does or, that sound like a little uh, player performance type of? It, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's like it a, they that, have player performance doubles for pitchers as well. It's interesting because the one thing that I notice is you can't see in game parlay those between games, no. which is kind of weird. Yeah. You would think, like, if I want Yelich a home run and them to win, and then, like, a Lindor home run and the Mets to win later, like, I feel like I should be able to bet that. Yeah, you probably should. Uh, speaking that you said that, I actually do have I on my list a, a match winner parlay, home run match winner parlay for that Milwaukee game. I have Willie Adamas hitting a home run in Milwaukee to win because he just he rakes against lefties, okay. against Kyle Hendricks in his career. He's been great. So, you want to? Do you guys have anything for that game? Because I have well, I have two. Just kind of like supporting my Christian Yelich and a Milwaukee Brewers theory. Like Christian Yelich obviously came on the scene two years ago, had a sensational. Was that his rookie season, Andy? Uh, no, not no. in Milwaukee. He was his first year in Milwaukee, I believe. Okay. Did he win the MVP, though? Uh, yes. Okay, so he won the MVP, and then last year, I believe he dealt with some injuries, kind of took a dip. Like The last, yeah, yeah, the last two years, like a sophomore back. Slump he's got a lot Milwaukee. of back injuries. So my point being, though, is I think he's going to come out, try to make a point on opening day, kind of like reestablish himself as one of the stars in this game. So I could see him trying to swing for the fences, no pun intended. So I kind of feel comfy there, but – in all honesty, the more I think about these home run props, essentially, like I feel like you're really going to have to kind of wait two, three, four games until you start to see these batters get into a groove. You get a sense for yeah. how they're swinging for the season. You know what I mean? Because guys can come off batting 320 and then take a dip and start batting 260 this year. You know what I mean? It's happened before. So, yeah, especially with the shortened spring, it's going to take guys a little bit longer to get into a, a rhythm. Yeah. Is there, uh, do you guys have anything else on that game or do you want to go to, to some other games? We can, uh, Oh uh, yeah. Maybe. I was just wondering, I, I don't feel like, uh, obviously baseball is so day to day. Like we're yeah. not going to be touching light yeah. on every single game yeah, that happens throughout the league, but, um, we are going to come to you guys with the best locks and whatnot that yeah. we can. And just like I said, the no runs in the first inning, especially on opening day, you know, guys are going to be taking pitches. It's not going to be all up in offense right away. So I think that that's definitely what I'm going to be throwing money on today. One thing I also liked was um, the Houston Astros money line at plus 108. I know they're going up against Otani, but it's opening day. It's opening day. And I feel like there is some like rust there. I feel like we had, we've seen in spring training that Otani, you know, obviously he's an amazing talent, but he isn't 
in mid-season form just yet. So I'm expecting him to come out and maybe start a little bit slower. The Angels aren't really a team that I'm that scared of, especially being that they're playing the Astros. So I think at plus 108, you could get a little bit of value there. That's a straight-up money line. And if you don't like that, you could even take the spread of plus 1.5 at minus 182. But I like money line in general if you're just going to go for that game. Yeah, for that game, actually, you look at the over-under, too, at 8.5. I mean, that, that could be a 2-1 to one game, 3-3-1 three to, three to one game. Like, those are two really, really good pitchers. So I would I would look at the under in that one as well because those two pitchers are – that's a good point. You could very parlay good. that if you want, like hedge it. Yeah. 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 Sure. That's a very, that's you could a, use that in your back pocket in yeah. case you want to back up the Astros money line. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Just taking a quick peek here at some other games on the lineup. Looking at this Cincinnati Reds Atlanta Braves game, the Braves right now sitting at minus one and a half on the spread at plus 105. I know it's not crazy on the odds, but. Being that they're the defending champs playing at home, I think they're going to try to come out and obviously defend that title. So I feel comfy with them at minus one and a half over the Reds. Like the Reds over these past couple of seasons, they haven't been anything to write home about. No. Like they don't have a very talented roster. Kind of. No, they they lost a lot of guys too. Yeah, they they lost everybody. I think last season they they did have a little bit of something going for them. Yeah, especially they, like yeah. the second half, they were getting they were getting a little hot. Um, especially like I, I know Joey Votto, that guy's, he's just consistent. It so. seems like you hold a lot of stock into like previous years. And I mean, I'm, you're how like, they finished last season definitely matters to me being that yeah. that was the last real piece of baseball we had mm-hmm. since like COVID because like COVID baseball really didn't count in my opinion. Yeah, but the it, second it, half I'm of the last year was like finally back to normal. And we got some sense of like what baseball could be again, especially with the sticky stuff band. So. I definitely am going off of like August or not like July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, you don't look at the early parts of last season because there was a lot. There was a lot of COVID in last season too. Yeah, you saw the COVID in the beginning of last season. The goddamn Mets were a top team in the National League. Like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) I feel disrespect. He's he's gonna do this to me because I do it to the Knicks. Yeah, he's gonna do this about the Mets. Exactly. Uh, yeah. One thing that I'm looking at as well in another game, I, I see the Pirates and Cardinals. Wainwright is on the mound for the Cardinals. And yeah, I'll take that at plus 118. Yeah, I mean, Cardinals minus one and a half is plus 118. So, like, give me that. The Pirates reek, bro. Like, they're yeah. legitimately a triple-A team that's been in the MLB for the past, like, three seasons. So. And their top prospect, their top prospect, O'Neill Cruz, is ready to be in the major leagues. Guess where he is? He's in AAA. So they are really, they're not a good organization. So, no, you're right. Uh, can we, just real quick, can we go back to the Braves game? I didn't get to mention this, but um, last year's NL Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India, mm-hmm. rakes against lefties. Max Fried's a lefty. So I have Jonathan India to record two hits at plus 220. I think that's a really good one. I know... Hitters are a little rusty to start the season, but Jonathan Indy is young. He's ready. I don't think I don't think the rust matters as much for young guys because they're just excited to be back on the field. They're excited to be back in the big leagues like this. He's probably he's been a, playing year round too. Yeah, so. he's a second year guy. So he and coming off a rookie of the year season, he's looking to avoid a sophomore slump. I think he will. He looks like one of the best best hitters in the league right now. So I would think uh, Jonathan India plus two hits against a lefty too. That that probably looks really really appetizing in my opinion. We skipped over this game that I'm looking at right now, 
but how could we not talk about the new team in the MLB, or at least a new name, Cleveland oh, yeah. Guardians, playing the Kansas City Royals? And then interesting little caveat here, I'm seeing that they got Zach Granke on the mound, opening day pitcher. He's a former Royal, right? Then he kind of yes. up with some teams, and now he's back. I believe it's been, I want to say, 15 years since his last opening day start with the Royals. He, wow. he started opening day, I think, 15 years ago for the Royals, and now he's back, and he's doing it again. His, I think 18th season. Yeah. So the one thing about baseball that's different from other sports is like if you're in if you're watching football and you got uh, I'll just use the Ravens I'll use the Steelers and the 49ers. You can have a really bad quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo against a decent at best quarterback in like Ben Roethlisberger. People will watch that, but it's not going to be a great game. All right. In baseball. You'll have Granky Bieber, two top pitchers, opening. That shit stinks. That shit well, could possibly stink. What could stink about it? Though? They're great pitchers. Stink. No, I, exactly. But to the average fan, like you were saying, yeah. to the average yeah, fan, they could be sitting entertained by two mediocre yeah. quarterbacks. To the average fan, if they come out and see pitchers, yeah. they're just like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. Opening day, and I'm sitting here just watching this guy throw a baseball. Literally over, like, yeah. there's no runs in this game. There's two hits. Like, to a real baseball fan, you know, that's the best. Like, yeah, that's yeah. everything. Yeah, that's I fantastic. But to casuals, I could definitely see where they're just like, this is yeah. this is ass. A pitcher's duel? Like, get me out of here. Yeah, that's the difference, though, between football and baseball, is if you don't like pitcher's duels, opening day, usually not for you. Why? Yeah. Because it's everybody's best pitcher. Except the Mets, the but Mets. that's different. Yeah, except the Mets, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm even looking at the Padres and the Diamondbacks. I mean, I, I preface this with obviously he's seen his best days as a pitcher, but Bumgarner's still someone to be feared in this league. And they're sitting at plus 124 on the money line. And just for listeners out there who might not be so up on their baseball betting or just baseball rules in general, Andy, like, and you can, you're probably going to be helping me out with this as well. Like, cause these pitchers get, victories right like can you bet on a pitcher to actually like secure a w to record a win let me look because that's actually smart they should have something i believe they do but let me look uh that's it's very rare nowadays that a pitcher even gets a decision so yeah i haven't i haven't been seeing that a lot of times nowadays we'll see the decision come within the bullpen yeah which really kind of like stinks i know you said you were talking very glowingly about madison uh and and he should he's had a great career. His arm, I think, at this point is probably fine. I think he's it, yeah. Last I think year, he's throwing meatballs, yeah, no yeah. cap. But last then, year he had such a ter- like it was a te- he was leaving pitches over the plate every single hitter. Like I'm he was his arms fried. But he's still their opening day pitcher for a reason. Like yeah, it's the Diamondbacks. Yeah, no, you're right. They're one of the bottom half teams in the league. So obviously they that stand that's the the reason because of that is because of the talent that they have. But like. He's still good enough to be on the mound opening day. Well, I I do agree with you, but I believe they probably should have started Zach Gallen. I think they're trying to justify Mad Bum's contract because that thing is They gave atrocious. him a lot of money. They a gave him a lot of money so for no reason just because it. they felt like they had to pay somebody. And yeah. being that with the MLBPA and like all the rules that were coming out, they wanted like owners to spend more a little yeah. bit. So this was kind of just one of those deals to make a player happy. Honestly, though, I... I got to disagree. I think that the uh, Padres are going to come out and stomp yeah. these guys. The Padres are freaking deep, bro. And, like, after the Yankees just gave them Luke Voigt for a bag of chips, like, 
they are deep. I know they don't have Fernando Tatis just yet, and he's not going to be back for a few months. But right now, I'm looking at like a Will Myers home run in San Diego Padres to win at plus 550. Will Myers slugs. Like, that guy rakes. And especially off of a guy like Mad Bum, if he leaves him a hanging curveball, it's probably going to be out of there. So if you're going to go for a little bit of home run match winner parlay, I like Will Myers and the Padres for plus 550. Yeah, a righty lefty matchup. Right, so. at plus 430. Yeah. That's still great value. If you feel good about that, you could even take the win off the board. Yeah. Get him at plus 430 to hit a home run. I mean, those yeah. are pretty high odds. I know uh, it's unfortunate. One of the, probably the game we probably would have talked about the most was the Red Sox Yankees because I was really excited for it. Unfortunately, that's till tomorrow now. That was postponed. I'm sure Matt's not happy about that. Um, I think we've gone through every game except one. And I'm um, not quite sure. Uh, we haven't talked about the Mets yet, and I really this today is kind of a shit day for a Mets fan because opening day is always supposed to be Jacob Degrom, and it was supposed to be Max Scherzer. Now it's Tyler McGill, so there's not much in the pitching matchup here. I think that the Nationals have a significant advantage, but I do have a bet because obviously I've watched them a lot and I've seen JD Davis go up against Patrick Corbin in his last 18 at bats against Patrick Corbin. He has six home runs. And he has, I think, I think he's like 10 for 18 or something like that, which is why he's going to be in the lineup tonight. They said it, Buck said he's going to be in the lineup. So for him to hit a home run, that's plus 500. Hit that. Hit that with a lot of passion because he's going to be probably relatively low in the order too. So there, there's not going to be much protection around him. He's going to have to do something. But in the lineup being lengthened the way it is now with the DH, there really is a lot of protection anywhere. So him up against Corbin again, that would be that is probably my matchup of the night in that game. So that's the only bet I have for that one because I don't love betting on the Mets, especially with the pitching matchup being the way that it is. I, so, dude, honestly, I think Patrick is. Corbin's kind of overrated. He is. Oh, he's I, horrible. Like, I think he, he's pretty overrated. I think that the Mets could take advantage of him tonight. And like, I think if that if you're going to go that JD Davis route, I was even looking at him to record two plus hits, and that just sits at plus two hundred in general. So know. even if you don't you think he might not go yard, like you could take him for just for two little bloop and a blast, or just a dink and a dunk, and all of a sudden we're at a plus two hundred bet. So that is my favorite phrase in baseball: bloop it and is. a blast. It's, it it's is fantastic. such a good blast. It just it rolls it. off the tongue just too oh, yeah. too perfect. Oh yeah. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's all we've got in the games today. Is there anything else you guys need want to want to talk about? I have one quick like bet that I think future bet winning a division. Um, the only thing was the AL West, the divisions. I didn't want to. I didn't want us to go through every single one of them, so I just kind of looked at them and and looked through it and saw that the Seattle Mariners are plus four fifty to win the AL West. They were eight games out of the AL West last year. They were one game out of a wild card, I believe, and they only got better while the Astros got worse. So I would think at plus 450, that's a really good value, the Mariners. They're going to be a really good team. That's the only division bet I had, unless you're really feeling plus 20,000 for the Orioles, which would make you a lot of money, but that's not going to happen. So really, that's the only one, the Mariners. Yeah, no, the Mariners have got a good squad, and I remember last year how they came to that like heartbreaking end, and yeah. what's his name? What? uh the guy from the Mets, the former Met. Kelnick. Uh, yeah, K- yeah, Kalenic was fucking crying and shit like that. Like, yeah. he was in the dugout. Like, I mean, buddy, you were going to lose if you were the Mets. <laughs> so I don't really know why you were getting all right, all right, in the all first right, place. All right, so. all right, all right. All right. Well, all right. with that being said, 
make sure you guys follow us on Twitter because we're going to be dropping baseball bets in addition to our basketball picks now. Probably going to be separate tweets, but we're going to keep you updated as much as we can on our biggest locks. Like I said, no runs in the first inning. That's my go-to. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sprinkling that all day, Strikeouts. Strikeouts. And the strikeouts. Word up. Madison Bumgarner. And yeah, and we're <laughs> yeah. getting Steve a Madison Bumgarner jersey. ASAP. Oh, yeah. Steve, you want to uh, take us over to the National Basketball Association where we touch on a few of these games real quick for some golf? Yeah, let's do it. Um, looking at the first one here on the list, Boston Celtics heading into Milwaukee to take on the Bucks right now. The spread sitting at plus minus six, minus 110 on the odds for both of those. And then the Celtics sitting at plus 200 on the money line. It's coming down the crunch time, as we all know. We've talked about a lot of NBA over these last couple of episodes. And playoffs, what, like three weeks away? I think it's, what, next? Is it late next week or is it? I think the play-in is a week and a half from now, yeah. yeah. There we go. So even closer. So it's really crunch time for these teams, especially in the East, who had to, like, sort of separate themselves. I'm really kind of torn on this one, but if I had to lean (laughs) – one way I would probably lean Celtics plus six just because of the fact they're coming off the hot victory last night. They need to keep winning. They need to keep up in the East. So I'm going to go with them at plus six minus 110. You know, it's big. You know, what's big about this game. The winner is the two seed. So the winner gets the two seed. I locks saw that. I think Woj, after this game locks it up. I, yeah, I think Woj tweeted it. Oh, so man. The winner gets well, the two seed. And that's in that case, you man. Want to avoid Toronto. So important. Dude, today is a Thursday night. It's 7.30. That's going to be on TNT. That's a big one. Dude, no, there's no player props out on this game right yeah, now. Yeah, but a Giannis Antetokounmpo triple-double in Milwaukee to win might be my my just massive hammer for tonight. He like He's the best player yeah. in the league. He's above and beyond like the best player in the league right now. And he just asserts his dominance over anybody he really wants to. And a team that doesn't have a big that could – be physical with him down there now that rob williams is out like i just don't know who could even slow him down like it's going to be really scary for anybody that isn't kevin durant in the east or ben simmons trying to guard Giannis antetokounmpo so if player props come out in a little bit then i'm going to be hammering home that Giannis triple double and a milwaukee win and that pains me to say because i do think that the celtics are like a dark horse east team in comparison to a team like the bulls or sixers who are like somewhat fraudulent in my eyes. Oh yeah, we've been banging on the Bulls for so long. They got their asses handed to them last night. So they're they're yep. pretty much they're an afterthought in my mind right now. The Bulls. Seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steve, did you have a point about that? I was just gonna say it almost tempts me to take Giannis at plus four seventy to make the first basket because you you convinced me or made me think like the tip's gonna go plus right to him. He's just gonna drive the lane, set the tone super oh, early on with a nice basket. little dunk. Like, yeah, you could definitely sprinkle like a couple of those bets on some guys like Chris Middleton at plus 750, like tactically do it to where you're going to make money no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like those odds. First basket odds are so cool. So, like, yeah, I like that one, too, because they're probably going to win the tip because I don't think I've seen the Celtics win a tip in like two weeks. That's what I mean. Rob Rob got hurt. So if you put five dollars on like three of those guys, like the your odds go up, obviously, because there's more guys on the court. I don't know. I feel like there's definitely a way to make some money there. Oh, yeah, for sure. With all those plus odds, like, you could find a, a way to weasel yourself some bread. Yeah, it's it's upsetting for the Celtics right now because without Rob, we're kind of behind everybody else. So it's, it's tough. It's going to be really tough, but you just got to hope that you have enough star yeah. power to, like, yeah. stay up. 
Which is why they want the two seed, because I don't want to play Toronto. All right. Well, speaking of locking up seeds in the East, Sixers have already locked up a playoff spot, and they're going to Toronto to take on the Raptors at 740 tonight. Spread sitting at minus one and a half, plus one and a half, minus 110, respectively, for both of those. And Toronto sitting at plus 104 on the money line. So Vegas giving the Sixers the slight nod in this one. I, I mean, as a Sixers fan, I'm pretty disgusted with the way we've been playing as of late. I, I, I mean, we almost blew one to the Pacers the other night. Like, granted, we got the W, but it wasn't beautiful. Um, Tyrese Maxey, though, balled the fuck out, so that was cool to see. I'm looking to see what the player performance doubles here in this game are. Um, I was looking at a little Tyrese Maxey, 15 points in Philly to win. Certainly could take place. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially coming off that 30-point game. like 30-point game, undersized guard on the other side with Freddie Van Meet. And, like, if you, like, I don't know, Fred, it's Fred's defense saying, uh, I know he's got the meat, but the D ain't doing much for yeah. me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, I'm good flimsy. to see Tyrese. Yeah, I'm good to see Tyrese Maxey put up 15. And if you don't like that, then I think a lock pretty much is the MB double-double. Well, that's what I'm looking win. at. Not as not necessarily the double double, but I'm looking at Joel Embiid 35 plus points in a Philly win. Like I always hesitate to dive on those like higher point totals just because I mean, I guess as a better, I'm slightly more of a pessimist than an optimist because I'm always thinking like somebody's going to have an off night as opposed to this is going to be their night where they step up. So Embiid's constantly dropping 35, 40. Like he just All he's the a time, walking man. bucket. So it's like one night I feel like he's got to take a break, but He's just so consistent that at this point, I'm going to probably roll with Joel Embiid, 35-plus points, a Philly win at plus 290. I I feel pretty confident in that. What were you going to say, Andy? I just want to know, before I would even place a bet, is everybody available for the Sixers? I'm just curious. I haven't honestly inquired just because I woke up an hour ago. but uh, My assumption would be they are because I'm seeing everybody's got props, it seems like, but I don't. I just I want to give you a little bit of insight that Joel Embiid has hit that line four times out of his last 10. Ooh. He's gotten 35 Ooh. or above. And the last time that they played Toronto, he did only put up 21. So I don't like I've been thinking about that for about 10 seconds now since I looked at it. And I, the one thought like I go, I'm going back and forth for about five and five on uh what I like feel about that. Like, do I feel like Joel Embiid's going to come out with this vendetta that he only put up 21 points a few weeks ago and he's going to try and ball out or does Joel Embiid not play well against Toronto? Is that just like a thing that Nick nurse, you know, we praised him last episode. So is his coaching actually doing something and being like a good defensive coach and stopping one of the league's best. Here's something I feel like to consider as well, though, go back a couple seasons Joel Embiid had one of his worst days as an athlete, watching that ball go off the rim a couple times and then go in. Ultimately, the Raptors end up going on to win a championship. And Joel Embiid on this MVP uh, kind of trail right now, trying to blaze his path to win the MVP. Like I feel like he could kind of consider all those things, consider the fact that maybe he didn't ball out so much in their last outing and like go out and try to drop 75 on these fuckers tonight. That would be my hope, but... So what you're saying is we're dropping the Embiid hammer cock on 35 plus. Let's do it. Let's I think he's he's saying I drop it on 70 plus. Let's ride if they had it. But no, in all cases, I feel pretty good about Embiid's performance tonight. Like who's gonna like you? You posed a point earlier about somebody else in that Celtics game. Or about Giannis, Giannis. Yeah. Who, who's gonna stop Embiid? Yeah. 
Yeah, Nobody. I don't think Toronto has anybody to bang down low with them. So Scotty Barnes, that's a... <laughs> yeah. No, he ain't he ain't doing much for you on there <laughs> on that end. See, I just rolled my. I eye. do I do like the Scotty Barnes over seventeen and a half. Though. I mean, somebody has to score. Yeah, he's he's a bucket. So Scotty like Scotty Barnes is definitely a bucket. Yeah. All right. Well, um, the we'll head over one. to the West. Yeah. I mean, we got this is just in the same way we we're saying this is the Celtics and the Bucks is for the two seed. This is a pretty meaningful game out West too. You got the Nuggets who find themselves right in the middle of the pack going up against against the Grizzlies, who are actually underdogs tonight, being that they don't have uh, like half of their roster since they've clinched. Um, one thing that I really like in this game is Stephen Adams, his rebounds. I think that him and Jokic are going to have a battle down low. And obviously, like, Steven Adams can't hang with Jokic for the most part. But I do think that he's going to be able to get his. And his, if his line is a little bit lower because they're playing Denver, you might be able to find him at, like, seven and a half and get him for eight rebounds. Andy B? Steven Adams just reminds me too much of Jonas Valanciunas just because they're big white guys. So it's I think they're that's handsome. why like it. respect them, please. All right. All right. Handsome. Steven Adams literally looks like Jason Momoa. All right. Relax. Also um, a handsome man. Keep him that's moving. That's true. That's true. Keep Aquaman. Um, yeah. And this one. I'm- no, Vinny Chase is my Aquaman. There's no other Aquaman but Vinny Chase. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then Google it. <laughs> Google it. That's I love that. Well, we, we watched Peacemaker. We have our theories about Aquaman. Well, we won't need to bring those up. Yeah, for uh, another pod. Yeah. Um, in this game, the Grizzlies are – they're not going to play everybody because they've clinched already. They feel like they're in their spot. So uh, I think Denver minus four and a half is a pretty good bet for me. And and anything Jokic – there's not many player props, but Jokic is just he's, – he's a lot like Giannis in, my, in a sense that he's just unstoppable in my eyes. So. What do you guys – for Steven okay. Adams, too. I'm not going to overrate Steven. I, I love Steven Adams, but he's not keeping up with him. So Yeah. I just wanted to pose a question in terms of the Grizzlies overall. They were taking the world by storm, especially John Morant. Let's say like a month, two months ago. Like they were the number one story on Get Up in terms of NBA coverage just because he was lighting the league on fire. Seems like they've kind of slowed down as of late. And they had that game against the Jazz the other night where they made a, a big comeback but ultimately fell short in overtime. Like, how do you guys see them faring in the playoffs? Like, they're almost starting to kind of have that Atlanta Hawks vibe from last year to them. Like, they may actually be playing a bit over their, like, actual ceiling right now, and they don't really realize that they're playing so well, and that they might kind of, like, obviously the Hawks made it to the conference finals last year, right? Yeah. You're going to give Matt flashbacks. Give him Matt flashbacks. Compared to that. So, like, I kind of see the Memphis – Grizzlies almost doing the same thing, but what are your guys' thoughts on that? Maybe I'm wrong. The one difference for me between the Grizzlies and the Hawks last season is the amount of depth that the Grizzlies have, especially on the defensive side. The Hawks didn't really have anybody that they could stick on the other team's best player in order to slow them down. When your best player is Trey Young and he really doesn't have any defensive presence, not that John Morant is doing much on the defensive side, but being that he has a little bit more length to him, it could provide some type of, you know, athleticism over there in comparison to a small guard like Trey Young, who happens to get hunted down by the other team's best player pretty much every series that they played in. And right now I'm looking at it, the way the West shakes up, say say the play in, you know, if the Timberwolves right now are sitting at the seven and if they end up being the team that makes it out of the play in and they play the Grizzlies, I Like you said, 
I, I like this Grizzlies team a lot, but I'm not sure how that series goes. And being that they're a two seed, I feel that I should have a lot more confidence that they would be able to beat a team like the Timberwolves. Yeah. But I think that the youth of the Grizzlies, the inexperience, that might help play a factor in that series. And it's on the other side of the ball, too, if they're going up against the T-Wolves. You know, Carl Anthony Towns and Edwards, like D'Angelo Russell, has some, but those other two, not so much. So I think regardless, it'll be a great matchup. And I think the Grizzlies have the talent to make a run. It's just a matter of if they could keep all that experience and youth into one cookie jar and, you know, not to get too much dip on their chip. Well said, Andy. Yeah, I, I agree. It's based on matchup. If they wind up matching up with Minnesota, they'll struggle in my eyes because there's just so much in Minnesota offensively that I don't think they could keep up there. But uh, the other three playing teams, not a chance. I don't think they'd have a chance. I think the Grizzlies would probably kick all their asses. So, I think the West, the West's um, playing's pretty disappointing in my. They're all like 500 or under, which in the East they're all over 500. So I yeah. think that's pretty disappointing. The East has been pretty stacked this year in comparison very, very, to the West. Yeah. So. Because everybody was there was a there was a period of time in the NBA where everybody was feasting on the Nets. Like they got their opportunity to play the Nets without Kyrie and KD, and they they took it. Yep. I think they went like what four and eighteen at one point. But yeah, it's, in terms of the playoffs, I I think the Grizzlies should be okay as long as as long as they can play defensively. And I'm like Matt said, I'm not sure if they have that standout guy, but I think they'll be okay. The only reason that I said that they could hold it down defensively is because I, I'm pretty high on Jaron Jackson Jr. And being yeah. that he's the second big on the team and that you could have him guard another team's best player while still having Steven Adams for rim protection, that was the part where I, like, I feel yeah. they could kind of thrive. That's an advantage to have two big men that are like that. Yep. And veteran leadership. Like I think we yeah. talked about it a podcast or two ago. Like Steven Adams provides that I've been here before mentality. You know what I mean? For all those young guys like Bain and like – John Morant, who haven't been around Absolutely. playoffs, so like we said, he played with Westbrook, and like as much as uh, we don't like Westbrook or Westbrick, I should say, uh, yeah. But What'd as much as we pussy? don't like him, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as much as I don't like him, like they they had a good run and they had some good chemistry over in Oklahoma City. So I think that that could definitely carry over when you play with another point guard who is just as explosive in terms of you know his athleticism. So. I like that a lot, and I like the Grizzlies, too. And I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be like the Hawks. I know that scars Matt so badly what happened last year. We just year, don't have yeah. to keep bringing up Atlanta. Yeah, like, it's it's can, totally yeah. fine. They're irrelevant at this point. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah they're irrelevant. I didn't even off that Band-Aid again, but yeah. <laughs> I guess. It's just it's salt really just right rubbed there. in the wound over and over again. Oh. Did we all give official picks for this game, though? Yeah, I said uh, Nuggets minus four and a half. Okay. Yeah, I was taking the Steven Adams props. Okay. And then I think to round things out, I'm probably going to go with an alt spread here. I'm just looking at all these odds real quick. I'm going to go with – I like the Denver Nuggets in this for sure. I'm just trying to feel – get a feel for where I feel comfortable taking them at. Probably going to go with Nuggets minus 5.5 plus 108. I know the spread's at minus 4.5, so I'm just going to take them at a point and a half higher and get that plus money. Little cheeky bet in this game, but I don't I like mind it when they're going like up it. against you know yeah. subs and reserves. I don't, yeah, yeah. cool. Undo P, and then well, uh, before we wrap things up, you guys just want to talk a little bit of the Masters? Yeah, I was, oh, yeah. I was just gonna say, do you want to talk <laughs> green? Let's talk <laughs> green. We're always talking green here on Moneyline. Oh, that's, 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 that's a fact. Next level, but um, 
I think the biggest news coming out of Augusta so far is the fact that Mr. Tiger Woods will be taking the course. He'll be giving it his best and obviously was interviewed earlier in the week saying that he would not take the course if he didn't think he had a shot to win. So just yeah. perks the ears of all golf lovers and and fair golf fans out there may not be the biggest fans, but people that tune in this time of year, like if you're hearing Tiger Woods is taking the course, you're you're tuning really, in. You're, exactly. You know. Exactly. exactly. He, he's a pioneer of the game and we've seen him all across like the sport bringing new audiences into golf that like were never there before. Like he's the only one really that's been bringing over the youth and kind of doing his part in spreading golf like that. So I think that we saw just from him saying that he's going to be playing now. His odds went from plus 5000 to plus 4100. So I think that, wow. yeah, that's a that's a pretty steep steep drop so i think that uh if you were to bet on tiger you probably should have got it when our last episode dropped we did say it was time to sprinkle a little bit on him there is a little bit of a cinderella story writing itself between his car accident the back injuries and everything like that and being that he is a little bit older but i don't know man i'm I'm rooting for the guy definitely definitely tiger You you know how big he is to golf i opened um I open FanDuel, I hit the Masters, and the first thing I see is the PMS Super Boost Eye of the Tiger, and it got me excited to watch Tiger Woods. Plus 4,100 is extremely high, or I guess you say yeah, high in that sense. Um, the other day he was about 5,000, you said, so that's a huge jump, uh, yeah. but just him playing I think is really cool for golf, but I, I give him... I hope it's not smoke and mirrors. I hope there's actually a chance he can win. I hope he's not just saying it. I do believe that I, I believe in his heart of hearts. He wouldn't go out there and embarrass himself. So I think he's ready to go. I just don't know if he's at that level. I hope he is. Cause I love tiger woods, but I, I'm sticking with the other day when I said one of those little, those, those lower level guys that you usually don't hear of going into it usually is in it in on Sunday. Like that's the type of person I like, like not necessarily like I said a name the other day, like I don't know these guys, but little smaller name guys like like Patrick Cantlay. I like I don't know these guys, but like I didn't know who fuck I didn't know who Spieth was before he won. So certain guys that I just don't know, you wind up knowing. So like I think you those make me are laugh because you picked another guy who's like I just right I off the precipice of, of like being a, a major player in the game, yeah. but. Well, because that's what the Masters is. Like, Spieth was the same way. Like, he's the only example. I know. I think Patrick Reed was the same way, too. Like, those guys I had never heard of. They win the Masters and you're a king. Like, you're always going back. So, that's an, that's kind of what the Masters is like. But if I had to pick, I'd say fuck all of them and I'm rooting for Tiger. Like, honestly. That is a fact. Just, but if, if, I, if I was going off of some research back yeah. and not just my heart yeah. and, like, soul... I would take that, uh, like I said last episode, either one of three, Justin Thomas at plus 1,200, Dustin Johnson at plus 1,400, or Rory McIlroy at plus uh, 1,600. Or even like um, Steve was saying last episode, Scotty Scheffler right in there as well at plus 1,600. The more I'm at, I I agree with you, because as we talked about last episode, I think Scotty Scheffler is definitely somebody to have on the radar just because of his recent success. But the more I've evaluated this and looked on FanDuel, I think personally I'm going to stay away from the winners until maybe like Friday afternoon or Saturday. Obviously, the odds are going to adjust and and probably shrink. But I'm personally going to be looking to make my money these first two days, Thursday and Friday, 
on uh, props like this. I'm looking right now at hole scores. So for round one, Tiger Woods on the first hole, birdie or better sitting at plus 650, bogey or worse, plus 260, or a par at minus 240. Granted, obviously, there's three choices to be made there, but if you're willing, and I'm thinking I'm, I'll be willing to go out on a limb and say birdie or better at plus 650 or bogey or worse at plus 260, like there's money to be made there. And you can do that for every single player on every mm-hmm. single hole. It's like mm-hmm. oh, overwhelming to be sure, but like I think looking at the who's going to win is just massively overwhelming because there's such a large field of these guys. You know what I mean? And like Andy said, like most of the time, the guys that are hanging around on Saturday and Sunday moving day, like there's two or three names in there that you would have just never thought was going to be totally. there. You know? so it's just so tough. But- so I want a quick, I want a quick bet here. There's no, I don't think they're allowed. I think because it started, right? Am I wrong that it's, it's officially teed off. So I don't think you can make these. Do we think Tiger makes the cut? I just want everybody's opinion. Do you think he makes the cut? Yeah. At this point, yeah. Steve, you're our golf expert. I'm 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 really thinking about it and I'm going to say no. I truthfully am going to say no. I think he's going to put out a respectable performance. I think what's going to happen is he's going to go out today, play pretty well, probably shoot somewhere in like the middle to high 60s and then probably tomorrow go out there and have a bad day because I think weather is going to play a factor and it's supposed to be cold, yeah. especially these first couple of days and I think that it's going to tighten him up. He's already made reference to the fact that his mobility is limited. Yeah. And I, I truthfully think that's going to stunt him a little bit when he, when it comes to having to like hit these par fives and put it in the fairway. Like he's going to play well around the greens. He's going to putt very well, but I think the distance is where he's going to have yeah. some trouble. And ultimately I think he'll end up missing the cut. But. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. You're kind of talking me into it more. You're kind of making me solidify my pick. I, I want to listen. I've made it clear. I want him to make the cut. I don't think he will. I, I know that, his health is just going to be such a factor. And I think that's going to be in his head. I mean, it's going to be, he's going to be very emotional today when he plays, but I mean, I think those emotions will kind of wear like adrenaline. It'll kind of wear off tomorrow and it'll be, it'll be a rough day for tomorrow, but Hey, Tiger's back. That's, it's going to get, it's going to get better than that. in, in reality, the more I'm looking at the weather channel, dude, the more I'm liking you're what you're saying yeah. like really? it's really about a rain <laughs> like it's yeah. like i don't yeah like yeah. it's really about a storm the next three days it's, <laughs> like, it's always is it gonna be perfect is there. it gonna be sunny on sunday though cloudy oh, uh, come on yes yeah, so. nothing better than a sunny master exactly. sunday what the hell that's yeah, my that's, home city no that's class. where i was born hey fuck that place all right i was born there fuck that place there's no bad class. weather this week <laughs> in all honesty i think it's going to turn into one of the things where like on the eighth hole on sunday like the sun starts peeking out I hope and by so. the time they get to the 18th green like it's just beautiful outside it always that, happens yeah it. when that, that last know. putt is made i want to see the sun shining like come on yeah and like you said that'll be on sunday so like make sure if you are listening you are following us on twitter because we're going to be giving live updates of some yeah. live bets that you could be dropping you know hole to hole you know, I'm sure hold Steve's going to be up on. Yeah, we're we're going to be up tight and hold a hole oh, no. on all of our bets and <laughs> all the money all that holes. we're putting up, covering, yeah. covering every single one. I have so to laugh. Sure I looked. Following. I have to laugh. I looked on the 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 uh, Fanduel list and it said three holes and I laughed. I had yeah, to laugh. this is like a yeah, I'm holes. also confused yeah, by sure. three balls. Is that what you three were? Balls three balls also made me laugh a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know Very if I odd. the intricacies of what we're betting on there because it's got the guys' three names listed. Like, for instance, Aaron Jarvis, Zach Johnson, Siwoo Kim. I'm assuming that they are a tri pair. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how they'll be taking the course today. But I don't know what you're betting on there. Maybe you're actually – oh, maybe you're betting on the winner out of that individual group. That would be cool. That's a cool Interesting. Kind of yeah, bet. it is. That is that really is. cool. Let's, who, do, you, do we know who Tiger's group Well, that's with? what I was going to say. Let me take a look. So, all right. So, Joaquin Neiman – Louis Usazen and Tiger Woods are a pair today, teeing off at 11.04, and you can take Tiger at plus 2.20 to win that. Wow. I would probably be worth throwing a little bit of money on. Because like yeah. we said, he's going to come out playing hot today. That yeah. emotion that the fans in his corner, I feel like he could – I'm going to go out on a very high limb, and I'm going to say that he's going to shoot a 69 today. Nice. Wow. Lock it. Lock it. My hot peak is that Tiger's going to shoot a 69 day one of the of the Masters. I'm looking right now at okay. those same props, and I know it's a little bit risky being that he's in the same the same group with uh, Justin Thomas. But if you parlay that Tiger Woods and Hideki Matsuyama, that's a two dollar or a ten dollar par uh, ten dollar parlay. That's going to bring you back seventy five dollars. So, oh, I like that I a lot. Like low key for a two legger, like at plus seven fifty. I don't know. I feel like it's worth, you know, just a little sprinkle, just a little something. And like we said, there's so much other like somewhat free cash across, like whether it's baseball or like you were saying, some other cheeky bets along these lines with the, you know, the birdies are better. There's other money that you could use and just kind of rebet it into these other other ones. What like whatever the unit that you pull out of it, take away your winnings, put that in the side. And then rebet, you know, the extra and, you know, see if we can win some bread. Yeah. What Matt is saying is kind of what I was alluding to with the baseball, I believe it was earlier, kind of like where you can pick and plot. It might have actually been with basketball, but regardless, just like where if you really take a tactical look at what you're doing, there's no way you can lose. Yep. Like, for yeah. Yeah. With the first buckets. Yep. Yeah, exa- yeah. Exactly. With But I'm looking here. So like getting back to that group you referenced, Hideki Matsuyama, James Pilot or Pyatt, and then Justin Thomas. Obviously, I'm not like a math whiz. So off the top of my head, I'm not sure. But if you were to put five, five and five on all of those guys, one of them has to win. Like you should be able to make money out of that situation. But maybe I maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, but, if, it, if it was Justin Thomas that wins, no, you would end up losing about like eight dollars, I think. But anybody else you would end up making your money yep facts all right so you got a two and three chance of making more of making yeah. money than losing. exactly yeah yep. so and then even then you're only losing eight dollars in comparison exactly. to yeah exactly so I, could, ways I could get with it. it yeah exactly yeah. i think all three of us have to start thinking more along the lines of yeah. that as opposed to just like yeah. well, throwing shit. no absolutely because yeah. you got to hedge them you got that the yeah. biggest thing about like betting is that like realizing and accepting your mistake early on and then being able to hedge that and still end up making money off of that uh-huh. that game so that's definitely been one of the bigger parts that i found as of late when i was betting on college basketball especially. oh yeah that that was a big part of march madness when you realize like your first game failed you're like okay how can i fix this because i yep. fucked up how can i fix this absolutely but in a smart way you're not just chasing yeah you're exactly. not just no absolutely bets. yeah yep. you got to be because sometimes it won't be there something exactly. like, you know sometimes that that free cash isn't always going to be like right in your hands so yeah no i'm excited though and i think it's going to be a st- it's a fun weekend basketball baseball and the masters so like i'm tuned in i'm tuned yeah. in bricked up let's do it sunday i'm gonna be have a clear picture of which guy which like nameless guy is uh 
is has a chance to win it, and I'll let you know on Twitter. Um, I'm hoping it's Patrick Cantlay because that's the last guy I said. So, word um, up. I love it, and I truthfully couldn't have said it any better myself in terms of all the activity taking place in the sports world right now is just exciting and. It's only going to continue to compound. We got the draft coming up in a couple of weeks. So going to be talking some draft over oh, yeah. the next couple of episodes, kind of like get a, a better read for what the, the draft boards are looking like and where guys are going to go. So that'll all come to fruition. And otherwise, guys, you got anything to say? Just before we wrap things up here on episode 16. Sports fans deserve this. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Yeah, we're, we're back. We're so back. We're back. We are back. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, ML Madness Pod, Instagram, TikTok, all that. Drop your follows, and we'll be catching you on Tuesday. Peace. Peace. Go, dogs.